So glad to see so many of you here. We appreciate you and we love you. We're uh, thankful that we have another Saturday to be able to get together as a family and be able to worship God. That's the whole point of this. Like you worship God any other time in your week and you should. But for this service, for this time, is so that we can come together and do that. And it's so important, guys. Like, I really want to emphasize this. Like, we, we, we often do this around holidays. We're like, invite your friends. Invite your Like, really, invite the people in your life, though. Like, you game with some people that need Jesus. You know what I mean? You need Jesus, so you know they definitely need Jesus, too. I've definitely got some people in my life that I know need Jesus. And these are the opportunities where you have a really kind of non-conflict way to invite them to something that's going to change their life. And so I think we, with everything else, man, I mean, if we shared about Jesus in a loving, kind way, the same way that people share about like essential oils online, or, you know, they share about, they share about their weight loss journeys through whatever fill in the blank weight loss thing, like we would see the kingdom overgrown. And so, but it's like that. The reason those people are sharing what they're sharing is one, they're either making money or two, they're seeing real results. They're seeing things change in their life. And that's how it should be with your walk with Jesus. And if you're not seeing things change in your life with your walk through with Jesus, then you might need to go back to the drawing board and head back to the fundamentals, the foundations of what it means to be a Christian and to be Christ-like, a Christ follower. And so, just a quick plug. Make sure you're inviting people. Um, you know, I, I'll preach for two people. I'll preach for one person. I'll preach for probably a dog sometimes. <laughs> like, if, if, if he's willing to listen, I'll preach. But the truth of the matter is, is that's not where we're here. I'm not here so I can preach. I'm not here so Pastor Boz can preach a good sermon or talk about communion, which is fantastic and amazing. I'm not here to hear great music. I'm, I'm here because I truly believe the purpose of our church is to reach gamers so they can come to know God, they can experience community, they can discover their purpose, and then they can make a difference. Like, that's why we exist. That's why we do this. But the only thing is, is that's not just for us. It's not some secret we want to keep in. And it can be a little intimidating to share that sometimes. And that's one of the greatest things is like, you don't really have to share it. You just got to share a link or you got to share like a, yo, come check out this or whatever. He makes funny jokes or he's dumb. Like, I don't care what you say. Whatever you can get him in the room. Um, I think that Jesus can do all the work on top of that. And so, you know, don't be afraid to, uh, to step out of your comfort zone and maybe, you know, share, you know, God Squad Church with a friend. Um, you know, invite them to an event, invite them to a service. Uh, it could change their lives forever. And so I believe that Jesus can change their lives anyway. All right, let's snap into it. Today, we're going to be uh, taking a bite out of the Bible, and that's going to be in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. We're going to be in the CSB version. That's my favorite version uh, uh, so far in, in, in my education and all the versions that I've read. So, um, you can go ahead and open that up and so you can better understand what I'm saying. It's nice because you're on the internet, so you can just literally look it up. But it'll be on the screen probably as well. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. It said, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. 
I absolutely adore this verse. I think this verse is, it is a culmination of practicality that every believer needs in their life. Now, when I first heard this scripture verse, it was actually at a wedding and I was much, much younger, probably a little bit better looking, a little bit better in shape, you know, <laughs> less bags under my eyes. Life hadn't done me so dirty so far, you know, <laughs> but it's at the place where I was sitting at a wedding and then they, they talk about basically the second part of like, um, more, they take that and they make an imagery of it and they like wrap the cords together and they, whatever, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And they show basically how like one strand you can easily break, but then when you put three together, all of a sudden it's much harder to break. And it's interesting because God does something in this passage that I, that I do think is interesting. And he does things because he's talking about twos. He says two are better than one. And then he continues to talk about a partnership. But in the end, he wraps it up with the three strands is not easily broken. And I remember in that ceremony, them talking about, you know, the three strands. And they brought maybe a little bit of allegory to the passage because I don't see it in the text. But I do think it's interesting to think about. It's not just about two people coming together. So for them, it was marriage, right? But we could talk about relationships and friendships. We could talk about, you know, uh, two people as in family, whatever that looks like. But it was talking about in that three-strand idea that that third strand was Jesus. That third strand was God. And that's really what made it so strong. And I've never, like, that's never left my head because I believe that full wholeheartedly. I believe two are better than one for sure. In so many different circumstances. Two aren't better than one if you're all trying to, like, fit into a small spot. You know what I mean? Two aren't better than one in a lot of different circumstances in life. But a lot of other circumstances... Two are better than one. But when we get into contact with people, people are difficult, all right? If you, if you took a step back and you dropped your pride for a moment, I think you'd be able to say, sometimes daylight, I can be, I can be a little difficult. I could be a little bit, you know, I could be a little bit of a naysayer. You know, I could, I could be a little bitter sometimes. Once in a while, daylight, I actually get angry. You know, there's times where I'm just like a wet blanket. Or I could say the same thing about me. Every single one of us, people, we have problems. And so sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone, it becomes very, very difficult. And whether that's a friendship or that's, you know, a, 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 a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, a marriage, like things are difficult. And if left to our own devices, we will normally mess that up. We will leave a crater of, of crazy badness in that, right? We'll leave an impact that lasts and it won't be a positive one. Because by ourselves, we're selfish. Well, it's about me. It's about my needs. I need to focus on me during the season. Like, I'm telling you all the self-help stuff that people are saying these days. Like, well, if I, if I make myself better, then, then we can be better. Like, a lot of that is true. It starts with you, but not because you're looking within so that you can build up this God within you. But instead, it's about looking up or being selfless and building up God living in me. If there's a difference of building up yourself and allowing God to build you up. And if you just self-improve, you will probably make things better. I do think humans are capable of a lot of things. God created us. Of course, we're capable of some things. But I truly believe with my whole heart that you will never live to the fullness, okay? So you might have a half-empty plate. That's fine. And it might be okay for you. You might be fine with it. 
but you'll never live with the fullness until you invite God into that relationship. And so I wanted to start off there because I think that that's so important and just something for us to really, really grab a hold of is that in the centerpiece of all of our relationships, whether that's with our family, our friends, our significant other, whatever that looks like, God needs to be the centerpiece. And truthfully, you know, we used to say it in Bible college, you know, leave six inches for the Holy Spirit. But, but there, there's, there's an interesting dynamic to when you are focused on God, that it just creates and makes everything else better. God is the fertilizer to, you know, a healthy, a healthy garden. Like he is the, the thing that makes it better. He brings that wholeness. And many relationships won't ever get to that half plate, right? They'll never even get to that, you know, decent sized bite because you're just messed up. And the person you're dealing with might be messed up. And I know I'm messed up. And I know without God, I would be so bitterly evil down to my core. Because without God, what would be the point? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I living? Why am I being a nice guy? Like, why am I being kind? Why am I being righteous? Like, I might as well just like, who cares if you die? Sweet, man. Like, that's just better for me. I mean, I get your treasure. That's how people used to think. But when you have Jesus, it, it changes that perspective, right? It changes the perspective of like, people matter. Like, you can't just use people as stepping stones. That people have a, 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 an inherent value given to them by God. And that as an individual who's in contact, a neighbor, so to speak, you know, I have a responsibility to treat them well as, as also and to steward them well and to help them and to be a light and to be a helper. One of the things I want to dissipate today is the idea that you can't live a life of isolation. An isolated life without deep relationships will keep you from experiencing the fullness of God's design for you. I'm going to say that again. An isolated life without deep relationships will keep you from experiencing the fullness of God's design for you. And I believe that with my whole heart. And I think a lot of us live in isolation because isolation sometimes is easier. And it's easier at a surface level. It's easier as like the fast food type restaurant experience. At the forefront, at first, well, I don't got to deal with people. I just got to rely on me. And by default, that's easier at first. But then loneliness sets in. Then no encouragement sets in. And then there's no one helping me to kind of press forward when I'm feeling down and out. Like, and you realize that you're pulling the world alone and navigating that by yourself becomes almost just normality. And you just think that's where you have to live and where you have to stay. But really what I want to dissipate about that is yes, being in a relationship with people is much more difficult than doing things by yourself. People are difficult, but they're also worth it. I love those, those movies, and I can't remember what I was just watching. The Eternals, I think it was. And they kind of talk about humans like this thing. Like, it's like, they're like, 
yeah, they like they're 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 just they kill off their planet. They're they're really just here like food. Like, and it, it talks about humans, and I and I kind of like this perspective because it's interesting, and it like makes us seem like humanity. Like we're just destructive and evil, and like a lot of what they're saying is true. We're just like destroying our own planet, and like if you know if some galactic power found us, they would just like get rid of us because we're taking all the natural resources. Like, I, I get it. I understand the perspective. And what I find interesting about that perspective is it's always off balance by this idea, but, but have you seen their creativity? Have you, have you seen, have you seen the beautiful things they make? And it's like, this like 5% of like the things that we do well, that they're trying to like outweigh this like 95% of like garbage with. It's like they show this massive, you know, four story, you know, 300 ton building of garbage. And they're like, but look at this butterfly. <laughs> and you're like, and you get caught up in it. And you're like, it's so interesting because I, I, I see that, that pulled back experience, that macro view of humanity in myself. And I'm like, TJ, like, it is true. Like, your righteousness is dirty rags. You know, like, the, the fullness of who I am left to myself and to my own demise is, is, is bad. It's evil. But the thing that they get wrong and they always paint the picture of like their creativity, look how great they work together when they try, like, like really what I see that as is God in our lives, like pulling us out of the junk and that we are created and no matter what and in which way, you know, I might, um, my actions might br brought me to my sin in my flesh, like the, the part of me that's selfish, God sees something else. He sees a treasured creation. And so even though people are hard and even though people are tough and even though, you know, left to our own devices, we're often evil. Like God sees it in a way where you're valuable, you're worth it. And that has always caught me or captivated my heart. So next time you're thinking of one of those galactic things, think about that moment. But I think it's just interesting. I, I find it super interesting. But an isolated life without relationships will keep you from experiencing the fullness of God's design. And I believe that with my whole heart. I want to paint a picture today of a D&D &D dungeon, all right? Imagine, all right, just do me justice today. I know some of you won't. And you might be watching this in a living room with your family, whatever. Like, but just do it for me for a second, all right? Just, just, just humor me. Close your eyes. Everybody's eyes, I'm waiting for them to be closed. I know, Sora, you're sitting there like, I'm not closing my eyes. Just close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes and imagine. Imagine you're standing before this cave entrance to this dungeon. And as you're standing there in this D&D &D adventure, the thoughts that would be running through your mind... It's crazy, I understand that, but picture it. You're staring at this dark entrance and you don't really know what's in there. You have ideas, you've heard of some tales. There's some curiosity deep within you to uncover the treasure that lays deep within. But at the same time, there's a trepidation. There's a nervousness of what lies on the other side. There's an apprehension. It's scary and you know you have to be vulnerable. And you don't have all the answers and the only way to get the answers is to take 
the first step into the unknown. And the only real guarantees stepping into this adventure are that you're going to face some hard battles, that you'll go through some pain, that you might end up laughing a little or a lot. There's going to be frustrating puzzles and that you don't quite understand. There's going to be some anxiety of what's around the next corner. You might face a demon or two as you make your way through. But in the back of your mind, what makes it all worth it? It's the treasure that is possible to unlock beneath the surface is priceless. I want you to open your eyes. So you just pictured yourself as an adventurer looking, looking deep into this, this, this cave and there's a lot of feelings that go with it. If you really do take time and you Im imagine that, all the critters and tabletop gamers, even the avid RPGers are like, yeah, man, that sounds about right. And that's exactly what I feel like before I'm about to get into a raid or before I'm about to, you know, step into an unknown uh, adventure in a D&D campaign. But I wasn't describing a D&D dungeon. That's the story of entering into deep friendship. I want to go back and read it to you. You're staring into a dark entrance. You don't really know what's in there. You have ideas and you've heard of some tales maybe about this person. There's some curiosity deep within you to uncover maybe the treasures that they have in them. But it's scary and you're going to have to be vulnerable. You don't have all the answers and the only real way to get the answers is to step into the unknown. The only really guarantees stepping into this adventure are that you're going to face some hard battles. You're going to go through some pain. You'll probably end up laughing a little or a lot. There'll be some frustrating puzzles that you don't understand. People are hard to figure out. There's going to be some anxiety about what's around the next corner. You might face a demon or two as you're walking through, dredging up people's past. But what all makes it worth it is the treasure that is possible to unlock beneath the surface that is priceless, which is friendship. That's what it's like to begin the adventure of true friendship. There's going to be pain. It's not always going to be easy. There is a lot of unknown, but in the end, there is a richness you unlock that can be found in others. And guess what? The first step into the unknown might not be a win. That first friend that you, you attempt to be vulnerable, it might not pan out. They might not be the friend for you. So try again. Because it's worth it. Because... Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. There's a good return when you work together. And if either of you fall down, the other one can lift you up. 
You can come and you can help each other. You can be there for each other. If you're ever feeling alone and attacked, your friend can come to your aid. He can be there for you. She can be there for you. And cultivating that in a godly way will change the fabric of your life. And once a journey where you walked alone, you now will walk with someone who cares deeply, who is there for you. And that's how God designed it to be. See, I have some friends. I think. There are people in my life, though, that I'm not friends friends with, but would call me friend. And the reason I don't call them friend is because they don't do those things. They don't encourage me along my journey. They don't help push me towards Jesus. They don't fulfill what a good friend should. And I want to go through a list of things that the Bible uh, talks about in a, in a very unique word. And it's called alelon. It's a Greek word. And it's, it's from the phrase one another. Alelon. And deep down, if you look at it, it means one, one another, each other, mutually or reciprocally. And it occurs a hundred times in the New Testament. Approximately 59% or 59 of those occurrences, which is 59%, are specific commands teaching us how and how not to relate to one another. And obedience to those commands is imperative. It forms the basis for all true Christian community. And it has a direct impact on our witness to the world. John 13, 35. How we deal with one another is a sign. In addition to Alelon, the Bible uses other words and phrases to instruct us how to relate to others. But today I want to focus on the use of Alelon. And these are some of the commands. The one another commands. Love one another in John 13, 34. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12, 10. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12, 10. Live in harmony with one another, Romans 12, 16. Build up one another, Romans 14 and 19, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12, 25. Serve one another, Galatians 5, 13. Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6, 2. Forgive one another, Ephesians 4, 2. Be patient with one another, Ephesians 4, 2 and Colossians 3, 13. Speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4, 15 and 25. Be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4, 32. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, Ephesians 5, 19. Submit to one another, Ephesians 5, 21 and 1 Peter 5, 5. Consider others better than yourselves, Philippians 2, 3. Look to the interests of one another, Philippians 2, 4. Bear one another, Colossians 3, 13. Teach one another, Colossians 3, 16. Comfort one another, 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Exhort one another in Hebrews 3, 13. Stir up, provoke, stimulate one another to love and good works. 
Hebrews 10, 24. Show hospitality to one another. 1 Peter 4, 9. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. 1 Peter 4, 10. Clothe yourself with humanity towards one another. In 1 Peter 5, 5. Pray for one another. In James 5, 16. Confess your faults to one another. In James 5, 16. We do all of this because we are in real sense members of one another. Romans 12.5 and Ephesians 4.25. This isn't only a sermon. This is a masterclass towards what your friendship looks like as a Christian. It's how you should behave as a Christian. You are responsible for stewarding your friendships well. And there is a list of ways you can tell whether you are doing a good job at it or not. And as you're looking at those things and at that list and you're listening to that back, are you the friend that you desire to have? I guess this is the self-help part, right? Where I got to work on me. Yeah, you work on you through Christ. Apply yourself to the scriptures. Be transformed by them. Let it be the renewing of your mind. You are responsible for stewarding your friendships well. The main point of this entire sermon is that we are better together, but we have to get better together. And that takes time with you getting better with God and allowing him to transform you. And that doesn't mean you do it in sections like, oh, first I'm going to get better with God, then I'm going to love people. Like, No, what you're going to do is you're going to have to balance and spin all the plates at once. And as you're getting better, you'll become a better friend. And during that time, you use the great things that God has already spoken into you, that God has already begun to move in you, and you display those to one another. We are better together. So the truth remains, an isolated life without deep relationships will keep you from experiencing the fullness of of God's design. God did not only want us to not be isolated from others though. He also showed what life could be with him. So there are two very important fulfilling connections for every person on earth. You were designed with these connections in you. One is to connect to God. That vertical relationship between you and him. And then the other is to connect to others. That's your horizontal relationship with people. Jesus was sent so that he could fix the poor connection. Because God saw you lagging out because of the life you were living. And he sent Jesus on that 5G mission. But seriously. Jesus came to bridge a gap to really fix the wiring between that connection because sin had gotten into it and mucked it up. 
Jesus came to repair. That's what his sacrifice was for. That was the purpose of Jesus's life on earth was to show us what it was like to be like him, to be righteous, to be holy, but also in the end to give it all up as a perfect sacrifice to fix the connection between you and God so that that bridge could be repaired so that you could walk over it on sound, solid ground. There was a storm of sin that was clouding the connection and Jesus came to settle the storm. For anybody in this place that does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you're seeking today, you would say, daylight, like I'm looking for something, anything. I've tried so many things and nothing seems to be working. I'm open to it. Today's a day you can make a choice. You can make a choice to enter into a relationship with your creator. To open your hands and receive the gift God has for you, which is salvation, to bridge the gap so that you can connect to him again. It'll change your eternity forever. We are eternal beings. But there's different paths for those eternities. And there's only one path that leads to God. And that's through Jesus. If you're in the chat today and you're watching at home or you're watching in a park or you're watching in an internet, I don't know, in an internet cafe, I want to ask you the question, do you want to enter into a relationship with Jesus today? And if you would say, yes, I've been missing out on both of those relationships you talked about, Daylight. But I realized, like, I can never actually be a good friend until I learn how to be a good friend from the greatest friend, who is Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer, and my prayer is not, you know, some mystical thing. Like, I'm just a guy. I say this all the time. I'm just a dude. But I just want to give you the words to speak from something that might be going on inside that you don't have the words to say. So if that's you today and you want to say, I'm ready to enter into a relationship with Jesus. I'm ready to say, he is my Lord. He is my Savior. Then would you pray with me right now? Pray after me. Repeat my words. Jesus, I need you. Would you forgive me of my sin? Lord, today I choose to make you my king. And I surrender my life to you. And I put my faith in you as God. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that simple to start your journey with Jesus. It's that simple to start following what, what was once known as the way. Following after Christ. 
Now, the journey that precedes that decision is more difficult than that. And if you want to understand what those next steps look like, please, please, please get connected. And someone's going to put a, a command in the chat so that you can get connected. And we would love, love, love to learn a little bit more about you and really let you just know a little bit more about us and what all of this means. Because it can be confusing when you're coming from a place where you didn't have any understanding of maybe what church is or what God was or what Christian even means. And we want to be there for you. We want to help you in whatever way we can. And for anybody that's here, whether you believe in Jesus or not, I want to invite you to get plugged in. See, I've been talking about friendship today and that, you know, two is better than one and that deep relationships matter and that we have to move in our friendships in a different way. We have to realign ourselves and align ourselves with the way that Jesus wants us to treat one another. And one of the greatest ways you can do that at GSC, at God Squad Church, is to get into an XP group. We're relaunching XP groups. Signups, I, I believe, are live now. Oh, live tonight at 12 a.m. That just in. No. Tonight, 12 a.m. Signups will go live. And we'll have tons of different groups on our website that you can jump into. Everybody's jumping in at the same time. So you don't have to be like, oh man, I don't want to be weird. Like Everybody's coming at the same time. Extend yourself. Be willing to take a step to jump into what, what possibly could be your next step into a great relationship with someone. I know right now there is dozens and dozens and dozens of stories from our past XP groups of people finding deep connection and creating lifelong friendships. People that'll encourage you and spur you on towards Jesus. And this new XP group system and, and season is going to be amazing because people are doing just really what they want to do and asking people to come alongside them. And so if you're interested in journeying along with others, if you truly want to experience community, you want to make friends, I would implore you when that goes live tonight or tomorrow, you'd sign up that you wouldn't miss your opportunity to find like-minded people who will spur you on towards good work. Because where two are, it's a better reward. God created more than one human on purpose because he saw it was good. And so today I implore you Take the step. You'll have every excuse in the book. Take the step. Change your life. And it can start today. Learn how to be a good friend. Go rewatch this and write down all of the all of the steps. You know, and apply that to your life. Jesus loves you immensely. And he designed you in a very, very specific way. 
and you're unique and you have all the, the crazy quirks about yourself, but he designed you in such a way to need people and to need him. So live in it. Amen. Last but not least, if no one has told you today that they love you, I want you to know that I love you from the bottom of my heart and that we're here for you. Bye, guys.